Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, your home for competitive Digimon TCG discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako, joined by my co-host, Sanitsu. Listen to us on your favorite podcasting networks, available now on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Link in the description below, or find us at Wolf Den Digimon TCG. On top of that, we also stream over on twitch.tv slash Zenitsu, and this gets uploaded as a video under the YouTube channel of Zenitsu. Today's episode is going to be a little bit unconventional in terms of the topic in which we're going to be talking about, and the topic is kind of just all over the place as we hit about the two-year mark in terms of the game's overall life. Like, Digimon's been out for, what, just a, just about two years now? Not, yeah, not a long time, but not a short time either. And I think it's more just the, how the competitive structuring goes. Like, if there was an event... Like, literally right now, like in January, sure, okay. We would still have uh, more meta conversation to talk about, but literally there hasn't been any competitive events since the beginning of December. Like December 10th, yeah. Yeah, it was Over like the ago. first week of December, and then now we have literally absolutely zero all the way up until Nationals. It's just like, I get it, like, you don't have to put out a tournament every single month but like a tournament every single month would be nice this would be the perfect time to do those like fucking like competitive events that aren't competitive events but you know there's still something to win like the online or... local type thing well no like um like like an Aussie online Cup? yeah like you know those are competitive events that people try hard at and they want to win because there's some prestige in it and you get some cool art alt arts and whatever and you could start that in january you don't have to start that in the 2023 competitive season that doesn't technically start until march i guess maybe april may ish after worlds is technically over after nationals is concluded and then worlds takes place um i think part of it might be printing like i think they're using this time to literally print the pricing for the whole year because they based on how what limited knowledge i have on how companies print uh they probably had everything already like all of the promos and whatnot all of like the special edition cards and they just sent them into print uh and they're getting their proofs and all that stuff so maybe that's like I'm not trying to defend them or anything, but like maybe that's their excuse on well, why I mean, it's not, there's not nothing. saying that they don't have to do anything right now either, right? Like, right. They still, they aren't doing anything, and we're seeing the ramifications of them not doing anything. But at the same time, they could do something, and maybe they're taking this time to do other things. Or, um, I well, know, like uh, another well, TCG. I'm like just starting to follow that you know i guess his name isn't even worth mentioning at the moment yet because it doesn't exist battle spirits no (laughs) um uh like they um the creator was talking about how they're getting all their cards made in china and chinese new year is actually going to like potentially impact their production line because they're not working for like two weeks or something they take like two weeks off for chinese new year it's like a big ass deal jeez so um, for them to get, you know, production made, 
cards shipped and then in people's hands by the you know supposed date they had to get in things before chinese new year they had to get like their exact numbers set in stone before chinese new year because otherwise the delay would be like potentially a month or more wow especially because they come back from chinese new year with a laundry list of things they have to do that they haven't been doing for two weeks yeah so meta development is is like a two-part process unfortunately like there's not a whole lot of nuance that goes into it right like just kind of see the decks at the extremes rise to the top in situations where there's nothing you can do yeah no i get it like like that's why setcon became somewhat meta relevant i mean i say somewhat like it was decently meta relevant in and it is right now because the only thing that stops milga x is having just a cracked ass security and making sure that their first and every swing kills that digimon and that's the only way to do so not enough decks have nearly like the security consistency you know until we end up in a place where security becomes something you select beforehand like your egg deck you know like, i'm picking these five cards to go into security and then maybe you like remove recovery or something like that like they have yeah, like separate schemes I think and everything the, i think the way the game is that they're that's uh, not happening uh, that's what i mean but like so as a result of that like decks like melga x as they currently stand based on the current speed and power level of the game until a bigger batter deck comes along that prevents them doing from exactly hey, they're what they're currently doing or they get restricted it's it's the Yu-Gi-Oh problem like i don't want hand traps but the only thing that stops melga x right now would be like a hand trap i mean okay, right you... this very second yeah but yeah. next format when black war Greymon comes in the format does it's slow down bigger, it's just a bigger batter dragon like well it, you know... the format does slow down because now you're going from a more aggressive deck to a more mid-range deck or almost what control that even, style a deck. What does that even mean? I, mean, I don't think, like... like well, magic... it means... Uh, Go ahead. No, so, like, in in my perspective, like, it, it doesn't necessarily take the OTK away. It just shifts where the resources are. So because of how Black War Greymon is and who he is, now he's the big bad, so what the dynamic of the meta shifts around him versus around Melga. Melga becomes less prevalent because he beats up up Melga like it was no tomorrow and it was like the easiest thing in the world. And then as a result, now security control goes away because the deck that it was trying to farm now is dying off. So mm -hmm. you see this like shift in dynamic and uh, a lot of OTK decks just can't beat uh, Black War Greymon because it's like, okay, if you literally can't kill me, which I have blocker twice, uh, sometimes I'm bigger than you, um, like, you're just in for a bad time. Well, so, I think that's the point. That's the kind of the crux of my argument. Is that... Actually, the speed of the decks isn't really changing either. So it's not so... that much faster. It's just slowing down the game because it's not killing the opponent by, like, by your go turns. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, like, so that's kind of always been a thing um outside of the things that broke the rules 
or the things that operated at different levels. Like BT7, right? BT7 was really good, and but we didn't know how imbalanced it was until it came out and then people played with it. But we know that BT11 is fucked. Like, v, like you know, Virus Tribal or whatever is irrelevant. Uh, vaccine. Any, or vaccine. Anything they give... I don't to... think it's that irrelevant because of Raid. Like, you just use Marsmon to beat up Black War Greymon and then GG. I mean... It's just it would struggle with some of the other decks is the problem. But that's also the grandest problem where it's just like, okay... Are you bigger than Black War Greymon ever? You're in red. Of course you're bigger than Black War Greymon. So, what's what's the evolution line for a standard Marsmon? I want to do the math here. Because they're also in red. Uh, let me pull it up. So, Marsmon uh, oh, starts at well, 12. Guess, well, Bearmon. Bear yeah, Mon so already... you have Grizzlymon and Bearmon. When attacking, uh, when the it's attack 6, switches, GP. you get plus 3,000 for both of them. So, yeah, plus 6,000. So you're okay. 18k beating over their potentially 14k Black War Greymon. And then your level 5 you're running is... Uh, the level uh, 5 Rap is Rapleo. To burn the opponent's it, security when you delete the Digimon. switches, trash the top card of your opponent's security, and then Marsmon, raid, you know, to raid the one lit. switch it, yeah. And when the attack of your target switches, unsuspend this Digimon and gain one memory for each red tamer you have. That's never not going to end your turn anyway. It just gives your opponent less memory, I think. It, yeah, that's why he has Blitz, is because I think they kind of expected him, like just tamers to not exist on the field against a Black War Greymon deck, which is fair. I think the problem is, I mean, so let's say you have both, right? You're fine. So it's, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. You're 18 at a level 6. You know, no problemo. But if you're Black War Greymon X antibody, you're rocking... Um, One instance of protection. Which Raid gets over. From, with what? Raid is attacking into the Digimon. That's Black War Greymon's weakness. Uh, Black War Greymon okay, only has protection against card effects. effects. Effect that would delete it, okay. Um, what about the old Greymon X? Nope. Okay. Battle protection's only a Melga thing. When a Digimon becomes unsuspended, trash the top card, that doesn't matter. Black War Greymon X... Like, its text doesn't matter. It's a 13k, and it's a red Digimon, so all of the your turn, all of the inheritables would be your turn, ideally. Um, That's why Grandis is so good, is because, oh, I suspend your Digimon, beat it up. It just auto-dies. Cool. So, Thanks. Well, and we also saw that Grandis still was like the fifth fourth or fifth best best deck in bt11 part of it is because they figured it out too late um i think more so the problem is is that one is an x antibody deck and one is not like you only need i think one of them to matter you only need either a grizzly or a bear to have the dp required to get over it but generally like the difference is, and and we we've kind of spoken to this before. Just that the tr the nature of the X antibody mechanic is, if I draw a hand that's three three four four five, that could be the perfect hand for Black War Greymon and a 
garbage ass hand for this Marsmon deck. Okay, I did evolve in for three. Draw. I mean, I yes, still don't it, have it a is sick. running less consistency tools because you don't have the cool boy and you don't have as many hardcore searchers. Like, I'm well, not you saying the, you're yeah, not wrong. I'm just saying. Again, if you're drawing two threes, two fours, and a five, half those cards you might as well throw away. Just you know, yeah, eh. They're my second stack that I may or may not get. And then, but for, you know, if one's a, one's a Greymon, one's a Greymon X, I use both of those. I replace both of those cards for free. I mean, I'm again, I'm not, like, disputing that. Like, there's inherent strengths to an X antibody deck versus a not X antibody deck. I'm just talking, like, in terms of a metascope thing, attacking into Black War Greymon is one of the most viable ways to delete it, and Marsmon is one of the few cards that actually can do that. You have that, you have Grandis, and you have Jessmon, and that's it. I mean, Gallantmon. Gallimon's not attacking into stuff. He would rather delete it by card effects or not delete it at all to get benefits. You're almost ne you're never playing Judgment of the Blade and Gallantmon just to attack into the opponent's Digimon. And maybe for Gallantmon, that is the spice tech you need in order to make your decks more successful. Like, who knows? Your deck's below Beelzemon, by the way. I'm still going. I understand nobody <laughs> played it. I'm just saying, because of the fact that... Galactimon, or yeah, Galactimon, still going? <laughs> I I, I want to say maybe actually nobody played it. No, there was a couple, there was like one or two. I think between uh, Bergermon, or not Bergermon, uh, Phoenixmon and Marsmon, there might have been a total of three. Might have been. I know it's not a high amount, but regardless... I know. Well, it, it's... Again, it's... Like... We've already been having this conversation for, like, maybe ten minutes. And for a deck that put up a, a net score of three compared to 104, I give it 2.8% of the time that I would give Black War Game on. It's a conversational piece. I know the deck hasn't put up any results... But knowing Black War Greymon's going to be the big boogeyman, and knowing the weaknesses, maybe it might. It I, I don't think it is because it people just, just play Grandis. To me. I don't think it's, it's disingenuous. Grandis. It's it's at least it's worth a mention because it's like because the well, topic is like if the topic is how do we beat Black War Greymon, it is a mention because it is one of the few ways and few decks that actually has a viable way of beating it. The problem so, is, in the meta landscape, what are the rest of the decks doing? It probably does garbage into a lot of other decks. So, so I, therein lies the problem. I like the idea, actually. So here, here's the direction I'm going to take with it. Okay. Because it, um, what you've said is valid, and that makes sense. That's the mindset I'm currently in right now when I'm looking at decks to play for BT11. It's just like, do I think other decks just, can beat Black or Greymon? The answer is no. Like, I'm mathematically formulating plays and, like, other stuff in my head, and I'm like, the only other deck that I'm, like, even remotely thinking about that's on my radar is uh, Bloomlord, just because Bloomlord can suspend really Black War Greymon down and beat it up. I don't really play Tamers either. Yeah, and they don't play that's Tamers. Kind of, 
that's a requirement because even if you're a deck that doesn't care about your tamers too much you're not like the crux of your deck isn't tamers seeing some benefit from a tamer having played a tamer for something so even something like an imperial Dramont would be hurt by black war Greymon's existence because they still want to play out their tamers like they still want to play a davis and start their turn at three and if they can't and they don't they just kind of lose yes uh 100 percent. so black war Greymon's existence with that regard like just kind of the, you you can't play any deck that even casually plays tamers. I mean, and even if you do, they have to get value that turn, and you have to expect everything to go away. And if it mm -hmm. doesn't, that's the plus. So like, like Bloom Lord plays Mimi, but they only play like maybe two to three Mimi at most. If they see one Mimi, they're ecstatic. If they don't, they don't care. Mm -hmm. I know Jessmon plays zero tamers. It's just all. Uh, Essentially, memory boosts, mm -hmm. like it's delay options. That's where they get their value from. Yeah, delayed options and sister muns. Yeah. Same story with uh, Grandis. Like, I mean, Mimi, they're cool. Examon doesn't really want to play any tamers. That doesn't mean that Examon's good into Black War Greymon. No, I mean, Examon kind of wants Davis, at the very least. Mm -hmm. Just to act as a good search tool. Because they're already in Davis's colors. Mm -hmm. But you're not, like, crying just because a Davis died. But I don't know if Examon is exactly the best into Black War Greymon. Because you basically would start your Examon suspended every single turn because of how Black War Greymon works. Because mm -hmm. that's what makes um, the All Force matchup so bad. Is because... Uh, if I have an, a Black War Greymon X, at the start of your turn, you lose Evade, and then your Digimon dies because of Reboot, and you can't do anything about that. What do we define as a good meta, basically? Because I know going into BT11, it might be pretty like? heated. BT6. BT6 was good. Gabubon's pre-Ice Wall? Everything since then has been kind of eh. <laughs> I think BT eight was good, like BT eight before good. people learned that um, um, uh, blue hybrids blue was hybrids still really was good. yeah, was still the best deck. Yeah, I think that was that time period was probably one of the best metas. Uh, oddly enough, according to the data, wasn't the most diverse meta. Uh, BT nine and ten have, well, I guess BT nine and EX three have. Yeah. Uh, the most diverse metas, which is interesting, but they also had the most events played during that time. So it only mm -hmm. makes sense. But I think health-wise, BT8... Understanding, like, because some, some of these things just in the scope of a competitive environment, given, like, understanding a deck's weakness. Okay, like, so what is Melka's X weaknesses? Um, does my opponent play security threats? and well understanding kind of so part part of it is reading the opponents um like the opponent's plays so it's one of its weaknesses every deck's weakness and that's brickability and how can you capitalize on them bricking well that's an if that's a that's not like a that's there's no like i know it's not an a, if 
that's like there's no brick phase of the game where it's okay you know i enter my brick phase do you have any responses it's like nope okay i continue to my combat phase <laughs> it's i enter main phase i digivolve into garurumon i pass turn <laughs> uh how about uh spinning off of that idea how about a brick phase uh like literally how do how do you unbrick your deck go to game two <laughs> wow All you don't right. have time to, you don't have time <laughs> the game's too fast things end at like three or four turns <laughs> if everything is going 110 percent according to plan sure most of the time know, that's actually not happening and you know I've, that i've only seen like melga x kind of just like do whatever it wants to do for the last three months so yeah maybe blackware graymon doesn't just do a hundred percent of what it wants to do but it definitely does whatever it wants to do better than Melga X does. Otherwise, we people would still play Melga X, and then we'd still end up in the same problem. Like the problem isn't that I just want Melga X limited. Like the game needs to like fucking chill. Well, that's like, where that's where you don't, I don't uh, want a bigger shark. I just want no sharks. Well, it's not necessarily a bigger shark uh, per se. Uh, yes, it is kind of a bigger shark, but like just because uh, Black War Greymon beats out Melga, it does inherently slow down the game because it's not trying to like unga bunga kill the opponent. It's maybe doing two checks a turn versus five or six. Like there's a huge time differential when it comes to that, and that gives you the ability to try to figure out a way to break out of whatever lock that they have just because you know they're not dealing as much damage as some of the other decks have in the past i mean like it is slowing down the format but it's cannibalizing decks because of how good it is i it's it's weird or like not necessarily cannibalizing just eating the the meta space or the meta share because if you can't beat black war graymon you just can't really play very much and you just have to get lucky on seeing not black war graymon i don't know exactly how many people are going to play black war graymon in comparison to some of the other stuff um because uh i've been practicing with rishi and he's trying to figure out the ways to be able to beat out of black war graymon um me obviously piloting black war graymon and i'm like you literally in he was playing all force and i'm like you literally have to hope i brick and that's it and that's that's like he had some he had some interesting spicy tech though uh with source removal because he was playing um like arctic blizzard uh to like snipe the inheritable that gives me protection from bounce effects uh so that way he could bounce my digimon when he goes up but I'm like the the way the card is, it's just not efficient enough. Like, I don't. I just I'm, like I, I applaud have, the creativity. It's just inefficient. Cards in front of me. Like one, two, three, four, five. Um, because Black War Greymon's a deck that usually wants to be more proactive than it seems. Like it, it has reactive plays for when it needs to, but. Most of the time, if you're going for a Black War X play, you just want that sucker sitting on the field. 
then I'm going to go 4x for 0, draw, 5 going to 0, 5x, draw, I don't know why I'm counting cards in my hand, because the whole point is that your cards in hand stay the same. And then, I wouldn't digivolve into 6, I could then like... I could play a cool boy here, assuming I had one, but also I've seen uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I've I've seen like a quarter of my deck already by turn two. Um so if I haven't seen a cool boy yet, something has gone terribly wrong. So I'm gonna play a cool boy for two. Give my opponent two memory. And then I have a level 5x in raising, which I don't even... 5x in raising is probably not even good. No, it's not. I'll tell you that. You usually... So the the big power turn is sitting on your level 4. And this is where um, like evolving into your level 5 super efficient is the problem. You sit on your level 4, which you could set up literally turn 2 or turn 1, actually. And then if you just have a cool boy on your field... You just move out, and then you just screw the opponent and go all the way up into your level 6. Like, I I honestly think that that is part of the problem in terms of, like, tempo and speed. Is when you just can move out on your level 4 and then just start going ballistic. Because it's like, I don't know. Um, I, I Like, the point I was trying to, like, like, math out for myself is understanding a deck's weakness... And, again, given the current, like, if there were, like, a rock, paper, scissors meta, like there was in BT9, or, like, a tamer-based deck that could get punished by a couple of cards that maybe aren't as efficient, but, like, you could still play Black War Greymon against Blue Hybrid, and if you ever got to the point where you had a Black War Greymon out, you won the game, and, but, but we don't. And the point is, is, like, how do you beat Black War Greymon? Well, you play Black War Greymon. Or you go to game two. Like, you expect them to brick and then go to game two. When they don't. I mean, like, even then, I'm... they could also try to play out of their brick. Like, it just means that you, you, they generally have a slower start. Melga X has been pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. A lot of people understand Melga X has been pretty bad. And... Like, the fact that they nerfed Crosshearts just for Melga X to just slide back into its place and just continue to be the absolute best deck, decidedly, is not fun. I think a lot of the... Half of the systemic problem comes down to it's, the protections the that these decks the have. Well, I guess, the, yeah, the, the, the freeness of the speed and aggression. Yes. Like, if... If it was any other deck, like let's say you could just give Bloomlord the ability to unsuspended attack at their level five, but without the protections, you know, thus far, then they attack with their six K level five. It dies. The turn is over. They cry. Yeah. Like and even just sitting there like this is why Black War can be proactive, is because it could just sit on its Black War X and expect it to almost never die to an option or removal card at all, just because what's actually going to kill it? Like, nothing. It has almost every protection that Alphamon had. Uh, in fact, I think it even has more. 
Yeah, they're giving it... Well, it's because I think the game is just developing in a weird way because you look at BT5, right? BT5, you know, not necessarily the peak of the game, not necessarily, you know, the, the most fun or most balanced it ever was, but how do you win in BT5? Well, I make my big guy kill your big guy. And then that's yeah, usually the, how the I chicken win the game. game. Yeah, the chicken game. Because there like, was no protections. Uh, and I think every time I think about how do I how do you solve that problem, it's because other card games don't really do that. Well, really... they they solved their problem um, with other deck types existing, like hybrids. It's like okay, uh, you're you're still kind of playing this game of chicken, but you're playing it differently than your opponent. You're setting up your tamers, still doing stuff while the opponent is setting up their Digimon in their stack. So it's like, okay, do I raise my Digimon out and then get screwed by their tempo and speed on Digivolving up into a level 6 with their hybrids? Or do I uh, hold back and do something else, like, and wait for them to go up their chain with their hybrids before I? Like, that's kind of the the direction the game kind of has been going since BT... Uh, I want to say BT4 is just this intricate game of chicken well and it's it's i guess what i was saying is like because like way back to when i like i kind of responded you're like oh you know aggro control combo mid mid range like like black or graymon is technically by maybe digimon's definition mid range but what does that even mean in digimon is it running fewer level sixes than a control deck i i think because the problem is the answer is is there there is no difference There's no there no is how many level sixes does Melga X run? Four, maybe five. How many does Black War Greymon run? Uh, six to seven. How many does uh Seccon run? Uh, maybe four. I don't know. <laughs> Seccon's an aggro deck. Well, no, I'm talking about, like, the evolution of how these traditional style of decks, like, actually changed. Because if you look at, like, let's just say um, BT, just like BT3, it... it's like if we go back to BT3 Imperial, what is different about that deck than, um, like, uh, something today? All of my cards say must be run in this deck only and not something else because the deck i was playing in bt3 was just gr generic green green good stuff you can't play that in any color at the moment well no there's there also is a systemic difference because back then we were all playing 14 to 16 rookies now 12 just seems like a lot so where is what what happened there where is the difference and the difference is the uh condensing on the cards that we need because game. we only need to run one stack. Mm -hmm. So that that is a systemic. And you run fewer of them. Y yes. So there there is a systemic shift there where it's just like oh memory boosts that was a huge game changer in terms of how decks are designed and how they can function and operate, especially in the face of what little tamer removal we still have in the game. I feel like that's that's just baiting that question, that misinterpretation. Oh, we run fewer rookies because we're better at reading the decks 
and we're better at knowing how many rookies we need in a year later. No, the rookies just got better. We just need fewer of them. Um, we run better level sixes. Why do we run fewer level sixes? Oh, because outside of these exact, like, one and a half level sixes, I kind of can't run this deck. Like, uh, psh. Like, I mean, even, let's just take a modern interpretation, right? You want to run the raid deck. What are you running other than Marsmon? Uh, uh, Phoenix Mama. The other card also released in BT7, or BT11. I mean, you could run, uh, you don't, you're not limited to specifically the new Phoenix Mon. It's just the new Phoenix Mon works with the tamer that works with vaccine that works with um marsmon as well okay let's let's say although the funny thing is uh marsmon just doesn't care about the it cares about tamers not uh akiho specifically because akiho uh well actually it does because it's uh vaccine that's working with i thought it was uh, the bird beast or avian what level six are you running in melgax um, Metal Garurumon and Melga, uh, and Why? Melga X. Why? Um, well, it's you need a Metal Garurumon. It's the you... best option for, you have to run Melga X, because it's the, you know, the namesake of the deck, it's the best card of the deck. And you run the other metal, the BEX Melga, because it's the best Metal Garurumon for the things that you could potentially want that body to do. And honestly, the only thing you really care about, truthfully, is the fact that you probably digivolve into it for cheaper. Uh, yeah, that's that's the only part that they if care they're, about. If they print a Milga tomorrow that, that digivolves for one and is a vanilla rookie, or vanilla level six, you probably just play that. They're just printing better cards, and we're using the best options available. Well, I mean, Which if you look happens. at the other Metal Garurumons, there's <laughs> they're not really anything that great either. You have the demo deck, or not the demo deck. You have the starter deck one, which costs four and has eleven thousand. No, thank you. It can multi swing, which is nice. Can that definitely could do something? Um, then you have the um, BT five one, which actually has an inheritable to gain you memory back, which could theoretically be good for Melga uh, if Melga's multi swinging. And the wind digivolving effect is the same as the wind attacking effect. It's just it costs three. Hard, it's just hard locked to costing three. Spread further, just because I'm, I'm trying to, you know, like prove a point here. What level sixes are you running in Bloom Lord Hydra? Uh, they were running Reflecimon before they had Hydramon. Why did they switch? Because Hydramon was just better. And was printed more recently. Okay, I mean, why are they running Blue Lord? So, part of, part of this comes from block design. Like, there's obviously a block design here. They want you to start buying into a deck in BT10. BT11, here's some more support. BT12, here's some more support. EX3, here's some more support. EX4, here's some more support. Like, that's that's the structure that they're going for. If a new deck is formed... In any of those uh, sets after BT10, cool. They'll support it in the next set regardless. They've always done that. Like, look at... Um, we could go all the way back to... Uh, let's just say BT3 and BT2. Um, I think that's the point, though. 
Like, is is why why are our decks different now? Because we have to. They, they like we we didn't necessarily get better at making decks. We didn't necessarily make we're not making more efficient choices. The cards themselves got more efficient. They got more specific in their usage. I'm not just picking the best level six available. Period. Dot for green. I'm picking the level six that also happens to care about. Do I have plants slash veggies slash flowers or fairies? And it's better when I do. Oh, and there's enough to support the archetype so that I can run a deck full of veggies and plants and fairies. And my deck is actually, if it's a little bit better for it, not worse. Like, I don't have to run cards that are objectively worse that are, you know, Red Vegemon doesn't Digivolve for two because it happens to be a veggie. It, it's it's still the cheapest card I could be running. It happens to fit into the archetype. That's that's almost like the failings of Cross Hearts, where Cross Hearts technically the cards are objectively more expensive for their archetype to fit into this weird four color tamer based mishmash, and then that's why people like I guess rightfully so, played it, and it was ass. It was not good. It's, and then it's not that decided, it was not good. It's that it really needed Sunrise Buster. It was ass. No, let's let's playing the cards the way that you think they are meant to be played versus playing them the way that they should be played. Playing Cross Hearts, like I'm gonna go into my Cross Five and I'm gonna make a big shout five, and he's gonna be super cool, and he's gonna have Sec Plus One and Blocker and be a big boy, and you know well, he's the super rare and he wins me the game. But if you don't have any cross fours first, you've you've lost. Well, part of the problem is just how good cross four was. Mm-hmm. So, like, That's I'm not I mean. I'm not saying you're you're not wrong. It's like the the way cross hearts wanted is it didn't want Digimon to actually stick on the field. It wants its mm-hmm. Digimon to hide under the tamers to use for the big crosses, and then the crosses to go away and reset. So that way you're you're still like that's its decks like that's their form of protection. They don't have this Digimon can't be X. They just have this Digimon just doesn't want to exist on the field at all, but I also want to keep my sources. And I also just don't want to end the turn with a Digimon on my field, so that way you could punish me for it. And I think that's where like the whole cross five thing is failing is not necessarily because cross five isn't bad. It's just it has a lot of setup, and the fact that it sticks around, I, it has blocker, shirt, whatever, um, to try to stop the opponent. But like, that's what I noticed when I was playing Cross Hearts was I don't want my Digimon on the field. I want them to suicide into the opponent's security, go away, and then just fuel a later, bigger turn to just auto-win me the game. And that's what Cross 4 enabled. I think, and it's... It, it's kind of like the what I see like the the dichotomy of like current Digimon design. There there can exist decks that are balanced, but strong, that don't feel objectively oppressive to play against. Because they have a chance to not go your way. And I think that's current Cross Hearts, though no one's playing it because, the decks that are good and are so good, 
that they are just absolutely curbing out, you know, they're, they're stifling innovation. Because, why would I play a deck to where I could end up with a turn of all Tamers or all Digimon when I want to mix a both, when I could just play a deck that is just all Digimon, and half of them can cycle themselves. Also, you attack at the level 5 with protection half of them multiple times for multiple checks. Like, that's a no-brainer. So, but then, we, you know, you move to Black War Greymon territory, and it's less of that, but more of, okay. like Because I, I think Jessmon's a good example of a deck that is fair, very strong when it goes off, very strong when things go their way. Then they, they're not necessarily the fastest deck on the market because they need a couple pieces to get going. But it's those conditional strengths. There's different power levels of Jessmon. Whereas, like, technically for Melga, there's really only one power level. Maybe you're missing an instance of protection, but realistically, you're not you're not doing anything if you don't see protection at all. You're not doing anything if you just never see the initial level five, right? You are, there's never a situation where you're gonna digivolve straight in aware X and then promote and swing. I mean, if you are desperate enough and you can't see your piece, yes, you will do that. Well, because I, I guess as long as you have the X antibody, because like that's I, part. Like I said, I played the deck enough to know it's not 100% consistent all of the time. There were some games mm -hmm. where I struggled to find one of the missing pieces, and I had to respond to the opponent in some capacity because I can't always OTK. Like, that's the big misconception that people just don't understand. Not all of these OTK decks actually OTK. I can tell you how many times I've actually OTKed. two times. Well, no. Against me. I mean... I can tell you in tournaments how many times I actually OTK the opponent with a full Melga stack. And it's, it's usually... It's not the OTK, really. It, it's the... You've basically put the... I mean, like, just think about it. Like, like. No, I, I know the... what you're go where you're going. I put the knife mm -hmm. to your throat. Even though you're not dead, you are basically left bleeding out on the floor. And you have to find a way to stop the bleeding in order to have a semblance of a chance of survival. And even stemming the bleeding doesn't necessarily help because I'm left with either one or zero security and very little or nothing to show for it. But this this is where protection actually starts to matter on making your cards either safe against a crackback or safe from the initial beating. Because, like, Jessmon, like I said, like, you... You have to run sisters, which are innately less consistent. They're bricks. They You can play them to do something, but, you know, they're not really that great just to be played. You don't really want to just play out a bunch of sister mons. Um, and then you've got your Jessmon pieces. You've got your, you know, you can do your Jessmon stack, and but you have limited pieces there. You only have regular Digimon. You only have one X antibody Digimon, which you're usually using in place of regular Jessmon, not over regular Jessmon by most, you know, Jessmon standards. See, like, the funny um, thing is, like, Jessmon is an X antibody, and I think if they went that direction with the rest of the X antibodies, I think maybe it would have been better. I, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, would I be afraid of Melga X without Wear X and Garuru X and Gabu X? No. That would be a very fair deck. Genuinely, very fair.
you have no protection, you don't swing at your level 5, you go into your 6, and do something. Right? Like, right, like, they could have... Like, I get the idea that they were going for with Digivolving on top of the other Digimon. I think, inherently, they should have just had a cost, like, a literal reduced cost to 1. Yeah. I think the zero was a mistake, and they should have learned that all the way back from BT3 with Argamon. It's like, yeah, Digivolving for zero and being able to increase your tempo for Digivolving for nothing is a huge inherent problem. Or, or just, you know, here, here's a thought. Just apply, you know, the old rules forward. You can't Digivolve for zero in raising. You can't use the alternate Digivolution condition in raising. Maybe that just makes it ass, but... There's no, because no that affects you... more than just XNA bodies. Well, I mean, they could have just made it different, because I think, like, Alphamon and its entire X line is, you know, more relevant, way more so than... Well, most of the time, Gabu they're not X. actually digivolving. Most decks, like the good XNA body decks, don't actually digivolve into their X outside of their level 3 if they have one. In raising, because like I said, most of these powerhouse decks will move out at four, gain tempo, turbo five, then go into six, and then hard crap on the opponent. Uh, Melga X actually doesn't do that because it doesn't care about gaining the tempo. It cares about gaining the tempo on the level five to make the level six more playable, rather than trying to make the level five more playable, because they don't need to. I basically... because. I, I'm kind of taking your, your thought and running with it, but, like, you just remove everything that isn't a level 6 X-Antibody. Just, just, except for maybe Alphamon, because it's, it's re like, lore relevant, and also, it's been banned now, so who cares? Well, like, no, like, they, they, so, like, they could have done X-Antibodies like, um, Alteris Mode from BT5. Like, they could have done something like that. They can Digivolve over same level for zero, but outside of raising? No, f just alternate Digivolution condition. Um, so, like, Digivolve for 3 on top of level 4, or Digivolve for 1 on top of level 5. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that would work more so, too. And I then mean... design the X-Antibody cards to be more flavorful when you Digivolve it on top of each other. Just like the old Alteris mode. I mean... You could even basically, I, I don't want to like make the cards too wordy, but like some way, because it's like. Yeah, or just make the X antibodies not busted, because we well, not all the X antibody cards are busted. Like Salomon I X, mean, is anyone running that? Well, no. you could make it, you could make it like, like a true like modal shift. Like why, why is it something that is possible in the card space to go Gabu, Gabu X, regular Garurumon? Like, almost make the X antibodies define the line as a conditional, you know, portion of the evolution. Okay, you can go in raising Gabu, Gabu X. Congratulations, you're now limited to X antibody Digimon moving forward because you are an X antibody Digimon. Or, like, make it get, like, fucking weird and, like, because you couldn't do. You can add the text of, like, the negative or, like, the missing example, but you could do it like, okay, Gabu X costs zero to digivolve over a Gabumon. Fine. Cool. 
same same exact thing. But now Gabu X also all maybe just like like an aura text for Gabu for for X anybody Digimon. When digivolving into a non-X anybody Digimon, increase its cost by one. You know, works in raising, works whatever. Like, okay, well now Garurumon costs three because you went Gabu X. Is that, oh, okay. is that worth it? I, I, no. I see what you're saying. Uh, because so... you're paying, you don't have to pay for the, 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 the actual X anybody devolu- evolution, make that work the same. But you're you're forced, like you're paying to transition back and forth because then you're basically it's like not almost worth it it makes them cost one without making them cost one because you could go three three four but it costs three or in maybe in the more realistic example you know three four past turn next turn four x five but five costs four now not three so the the only problem which isn't necessarily a problem is cool boy like, the only yeah. problem that's not necessarily a problem, because it forces them to then go out of raising, raising in order to make it cost even. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Because now, because of what you could also do is maybe you lean into that, you know, design philosophy. is, And not that they want to make it super restrictive, but maybe making it more balanced is like, is a Melga X without all the Xs or without all the non-Xs a good deck? Like, Melga X only running the X antibody line. You only have Gabu Xs, Garuru Xs. You don't have the normal ones because it they're too prohibitively difficult to digivolve into. So now, you can go, again, 3-3, three, three, but the 4 is more expensive. You're paying a tax to go into the... but it like Or, you just pay 4 for 2 if you go into Garuru X. And then you can digivolve into, for 3 into where Garuru X. And maybe that makes it so that there's points or, you know, actual decisions to be made on it's worth the extra cost for this extra inheritable sometimes. And it's not just free fucking cycle. I I don't know, because like I said, not all X-Anybody decks are broken. Like, nobody's playing Magnadrum on X-Anybody. Like, yeah, but nobody's I, playing yellow cards, period. It's I mean, a bad example. <laughs> I mean, but I'm saying, like, it, because they have two different ways on doing X-Antibodies, they have, like, the Jessmon way, and they have the, the Melga way, or the uh, Wargreymon way. Like, it, there is this slight divide and shift on how they wanted to approach X-Antibodies, and I think, like, that, like, obviously, they're not going to change a darn thing. We We already know this. This is all just hyperbole on how they could have done something. Um, and not even saying R&D is even good or not. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's just complicated. I think they really just need to stop doing X-Antibodies for a hot minute. Like, they really need to stop. Like, give the Diabormon players Diabormon X and then be done. Please. Like, I, I don't think they know how to tactfully handle X-Antibodies as a whole. Because even without Cool Boy... The decks are still really good because of the flexibility and utility that you have on how you could utilize your cards because you could use them literally as a normal level four or if you already have another level four, just use it on top of it. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like, I think just extra utility is what makes X-Antibody decks already systemically better than normal decks even though you are asking for more pieces, but 
you're really not at the same time. It's it's weird. I don't know. Because, mm-hmm. like, I know there's still just a whole bunch of X-Antibody Digimon that they uh, could do. I just really want them to take a break with a whole X-Antibody deck. Because, the like, I'm not saying War Greymon was a huge mistake. I just think, like, just supporting something too much inherently causes problems. Because now you're giving whatever you just supported a butt-ton, <clears throat> Agumon, uh, so many more tools to have access to while everything else isn't growing as equally. Which is why in Japan, War Greymon and Greymon-based decks are still the only things people play. It's because Greymon has so many tools in his toolbox, and they're just picking the best ones. Because, like, uh, let me pull up the Japanese stuff, because uh, I don't have that in front of me. Um, so, like, right now, looking at the Japanese decks, the best deck is still Greymon, by a long shot, uh, in all of its very various forms. Uh, the second best actually has been Beelzemon, but that's just because, again, Beelzemon just got a starter deck, and then it got one wave of support that just so happened to be X-Antibodies. Uh, and then, uh, the third best deck is, I believe, the... Omni, the Omnimon deck? No, it's Hunters. Hunters still. I could have swore the Omnimon deck was still high up there. Uh, then Blue Flares. Blue Flares is kind of getting up there. Then Bloom Lord. And then it's the Omnimon deck, which uses a lot of the generic Agumon tools that Red Black has been getting, uh, more supporting the Black side. So so that's the, what, fifth best deck? One, two, three, four, five. It's the sixth best deck, but oh well. Okay, so maybe bad example. But the the fact that Agumon uh, and Greymon X in all of its different variations and forms is still just generically lumped as the best is is kind of a problem because it just has the most tools on top of having X antibodies. Well, there's also what I wanted to say about like the like the real crux of why like mid range combo like or I guess mid range and control decks don't really exist in Digimon under the same lens is because as they're defined by like magic terms or even like Hearthstone terms like desk deck like card games that have fixed costs associated with things like uh you would say that a megazoo deck slash a seccon deck is a control deck because their cards are a meant to control but also traditionally are higher costed they don't have too many like two mana turns two memory turns or too many, too many plays, period, outside of, like, the purple Mimi, just because it kind of makes their shit expensive or cheap or taxes you, like, but a mid-range, you know, is almost, like, the, the true, like, curve where their most frequent, like, cost would be their, um, I don't know, four, three, three, four drop, and then an aggro deck would be, like, one, two, with basically no more than, like, nothing costing more than three. And well, you can't Digimon really doesn't... translate yeah, that cause... over because you're building up one thing instead of making more 
big things like because basically the magic example would be you know turn one play a one one pass turn two play a two three for two pass i made two separate things with the same amount of memory that you would use in digimon and then now okay if i have a turn three play okay tempo turn three i play a three you know a three drop creature but the aggro deck maybe their turn two isn't you know a two drop it's one two one drops maybe their turn three is a one drop a one drop and a one mana spell or a one drop and a two mana spell like it's those decisions that digimon lacks due to its evolution mechanic unfortunately because how do you make a mid-range level five make it cost four or five it's just more expensive for being maybe better like i guess black Ramon kind of has that in its level five in you know the bt8 version but does that make it a mid-range deck because we're both running the same amount of level fives same amount of level sixes they cost basically the same they do different things but no, because I, I... There's no situation where, like, an aggro deck, like, like Rookie Rush was maybe the, the true example of that, because they actually were creating separate bodies. And if I wiped your board, like, well, you're fucked, because you just invested into these separate three or four separate bodies versus, you know, one thing that is a level five or level six that when you get rid of, you just make another level six, but they still cost the same. You're still running the same amount of them. I, I think part of the problem is comparing the apples to oranges because it's just like you have the chance for your rookies that you're hard playing for like two to die to security and then now you lost that body. You no longer have it and the opponent literally did absolutely nothing versus magic where it's just always going to be a problem unless you create a bigger body to stop it yourself. So there's there's mm -hmm. very, very distinct differences in just how the games function in terms of risk and reward when it comes to that type of a play style. Um, I do think like true mid range just that's that's why I kind of did like my whole like different deck breakdown video where it's just like there's three different ways to be able to build decks traditional which I would label as the more mid-range decks. Then you have your hard play decks, which is either going to be shifted to your control decks or your aggro decks. And then you have your tamer decks. Uh, well, actually, I would think the tamer decks are also more mid-rangey because you're, you're still creating separate entities. Um, and then it's just when you decide to go up the chain. And I think that, like, that is the big uh, shifting point is how fast you can either A, deal the damage, or B, go up the chain to screw over your opponent. And the decks that can do it faster are obviously going, like, that can go up faster, are the ones that are going to be more successful, which is why I'm still okay with Argamon level 5 being at one copy, because, again, that huge shift di in dynamics really screws over the opponent. Um... Because they've invested so much into their one stack, they couldn't kill you, and now it's gone, and now they have to rebuild, and they're staring at a big level 6 and across the table. And I think, like, that's the dynamic of Digimon that maybe people aren't exactly jiving with anymore. Is just the shift to the, the whole chicken and punishment game um, 
almost dialed up to 11 because now decks can deal more damage. I think, like, it's also... It's wrong to look at games in a vacuum. And I think something that can be said about older Digimon, you know, as like the, the quote-unquote chicken meta of Digimon is, you still learn from mistakes and learn from choices made. And while the game isn't always the same, unfortunately, I wish it were, like, there's things to be learned, you know, and then you can play with, you know, luck and margins the other way but i think about it like chess right like the, the world's literal most balanced game of all time you know where um you still have a, a pretty decent chance of winning if you're going first if both players are equally skilled or even you know if the white player is even a little worse just because of the uh, the inherent advantage of just dictating the game pace you know gives them an advantage but in chess there's something like there is still that chicken element kind of and it's just different variations on standardized lines of play which is basically what i would like digimon to be more like and what i've i've had experiences with digimon with when there are decks that it's not you know maybe one deck is favored or whatever but it's there's interaction there's actual choices to be made questions to be asked and answered of your opponent and you know so it's like okay i you know I swing with my level six and, you know, or I, you know, raise, digivolve into level six. Maybe I swing, you know, like, and I pass turn. And opponent will raise their level six and then kill my level six. Like, oh shit, okay, well, that was wrong. So, next time, I, you know, I'm not gonna raise and, you know, go straight into Lord Nightmon or. I'm going to instead play a tamer or a rookie and pass turn also. So I've done less damage, but you could basically practice like increasingly depth. Okay, so now I'm at the point where I know I'm going to do X and my opponent is going to do Y. And then I'm going to do X and my opponent is probably going to do Y. But okay, he actually does Z okay, now we've diverted to, you know, this game state where my opponent has responded in this specific manner that I'm less practiced on. And now, how does the gameplay go from here? Was that a better move for my opponent? Was that a worse move for my opponent? I can, like, analyze the interactions between the two, you know, basically moving chess pieces of the chicken of the game as, well, actually, I think I'm in, you know, two turns later, I'm in a better spot than I, I, I am if my opponent had done X instead of Z. Like, but that just is currently inherently, like, absent from the game because of the decks at the top being what they are. Unless, unless, you are playing the same deck. There's still a lot of fun and of that element to be played in a, but I guess maybe not, uh... Melga specifically because of the way in which it ends the game immediately, but a Black War Greymon versus Black War Greymon, maybe there's a lot of value in learning that mirror matchup. 
like the way there was value in learning the Lord Nightmon mirror matchup. I feel like I was pretty good at the Lord Nightmon mirror matchup at the time. You know? No, I, I totally get what you're saying. So that's all the time that we have this week. Um, so next week we'll probably pick up with this uh, discussion on chicken. And I hope everyone has a wonderful night.